Alright, so welcome back to our ninth episode of the podcast of the Chat Check. Um, so for this, we're doing things a little bit differently today. Uh, so Sean will not be joining me for at least this section of the episode. Uh, I will be doing a trailer analysis breakdown with a sp- special guest. And um, we'll be, uh, and then Sean with another special guest will be doing a Joker segment later on in this episode. So um, you may recognize her from our, one of our previous episodes. Wendy is back. Hello. Glad and to be back. Thanks thank you so much me. for joining me on this uh, section of the episode. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Love so um, today we'll be kind of going over the episode nine trailer that was recently released, and um, we'll be talking about things that we saw in it, things that came out, and uh, things we want to see in this uh, next movie. So um, we both saw the trailer. Um, what did you think of the trailer as a whole? My first impression of it, I was confused at first, I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think it was... It's not that it was choppy. It was just like, you know, kind of like the overload of like, this is actually right. happening. This is happening. Yeah. There was a lot of um, emotions, yes. I guess, that would yes. that were building up during the uh, progression of the trailer. I, I agree. Sure. I think that there were a lot of things that were um, brought up during the trailer that were, uh, you know, sad and happy and just very, very uh, mixed emotions. Coaster. Yeah. Um, so kind of going into the actual content of the trailer, would you... What were some things that you liked about it? Um, some things that I liked about it, uh, we kind of really got to look into the dynamic between Ray and Kylo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some fight scenes together yeah. and then against each other, yeah. which I think is a very good uh, show of how complicated they feel towards each other and how they're connected. Yeah. And I'm glad that they showed that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it really shows the compli- the uh, complex dynamics of the relationship, uh, you know, from being a foe to being somewhat of a friend, um, which I thought was really interesting that they revealed even that much in the trailer. Um, so I definitely think that their dynamics were explored in that uh, throughout the trailer. I also think that uh, it's really interesting the situation where they teamed up in. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Because that was... That whole scene to me was confusing, to be yeah. quite honest. Like, the the whole style, the it looked very Imperial-esque, mm-hmm. but it was white. It was pure yeah. white. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, we've never even seen anything like that. No. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, the closest thing that comes to mind, at least when I'm thinking about it, is like Bespin kind of, like that pristine yeah. white. But I don't know. I mean, and there was that relic in the room. And I don't know. The whole thing was a little bit, um, you know, jarring to me Very when I was watching. interesting it. style choices, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then we got that scene from where uh, Kylo and Rey are fighting on the uh, what looks to be the wreckage of the second Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought that was interesting also. I feel like there's a very symbolic tone to it also. I was just going to say that. It's, yeah, like the watery plan and the wreckage mm-hmm. and something. Do you want to go into that a little further? No, you can go ahead. You seem like you're... <laughs> you got I, I don't want to take anything you were thinking about, but um, at least what I saw from, or what I kind of picked out from that certain segment was uh, a sense of, like, clarity. Like, water Water is, like, so associated with, like, being clear and mm-hmm. stuff, and... I feel like we're really going to see, like, both of their true selves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that it would be interesting. I think from what we saw, we can see that 
even their core beliefs are somewhat conflicting, but still the same. Yes. I don't know. That's they're that's co- they're definitely contrasting. Yeah, and I feel like you know, again with these this fight scene in particular, having it be on the wreckage of the Death Star or the second Death Star, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's. I think we're really going to be delving into the past even more so. Yeah. Just, I don't just being in like that type of wreckage yeah. with all this water. It's very dramatic. It, it seems like there's definitely going to be some development for both characters, and I'm very excited to yeah. see them grow even more from what we've got to see. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, and also I think there's something to say that the fact that they are on the second Death Star, you know, the fact that, you know, Kylo Ren mentions in The Last Jedi, you know, the past must die, killed if you have to, Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're fighting on something so monumental as the Death Star, and we're getting this cool contrast between the new and the old, Mm -hmm. and kind of taking lessons from the past and applying them towards more maybe like a futuristic type tone. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's it's interesting to say that like, you know, maybe the past must die, but doesn't mean that we can't learn from the past. Yes. And yeah. I feel like that's interesting. Yeah. There might be some reflection in there. Yeah. Um, but I feel like also kind of getting to some of the side characters like Lando and 3PO. I mm-hmm. think we also saw a lot of those guys. And, yes. um I feel like that's really interesting. Do you want to explore that a little further? Very excited for those as well. 3PO, I think, uh, the red arm. Yeah. That was different. Yeah, they took it out, I think, uh, in the beginning of The Last Jedi. But um, it's interesting that they're really changing 3PO up a lot. They are. Yeah. It makes me sad. It makes you sad, yeah. I love him. He's such... And you take him for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's always in the background. You're like, ah, 3PO oh, or did 3PO. you too? Yeah, they're, you know, classic 3PO. And it's like, <laughs> but the thought of losing him kind of, like, it's, pulls at your heartstrings. Because yeah. you know that he's such an essential part of, like, the whole saga. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's it's sad. Like, seeing, yeah. you know, when he's like, I'm taking one last look at my friends. It's like, oh. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What Wait, do you where, mean? Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, it's sad. And I think that, um, you know, I'm actually not quite sure where they're going with that. That's why it's so confusing and scary. I'm yeah. just like, I don't want to... Uh, yeah, you very... don't want to let him go. I, yes. I mean, and I think kind of that wording could imply to the audience. It could. You know what I mean? Like, I'm taking one last look at my friends, like, the people watching yeah, the movie. Yeah, he's been with us for how long now? I mean... He's in the prequels, he's in the original series, he's in this He's in stuff Rogue now. One? He's in Rogue One? I know, he's been, he's, like, He's everywhere. a constant. Yeah. It, it, Star Wars isn't Star Wars without three people. Yeah. And it, Certainly, he's a huge part of it. He's definitely. He always... You know, because he's so connected to our main mm-hmm. characters, like Anakin and Obi-Wan and Luke and Leia and, and like... To an extent, Chewbacca, R2-D2. Like, all these characters are so centered around him, and losing him is kind of losing a piece of those characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, it, it's just, it's it's really interesting what they're doing with C-3PO and where they could take that. I agree. And yeah. I do feel that what you said earlier about him being a very unappreciated character is insanely relevant yeah it's i think that they might be kind of like playing off that like the secret like yeah the secret weapon of like making everybody cry yeah like, <laughs> they're like how can we get people to cry oh this is the secret weapon <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they maliciously are like yeah. writing up the they're like, script well, how can we make people cry <laughs> killing c-3po no, no. <laughs> but um 
Yeah, I think that, you know, we're going to have to say goodbye to some major characters that we've been seeing that we kind of sure. take for granted. Like, And I think that also ties into Lando, sadly. It does. You know, it's like, you want to think that they brought Lando back because it's like, oh, who's going to... You know, pilot the Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. considering that Han's dead. Um, Ray's kind of busy with Jedi training, and, you know, Chewie's kind of a co-pilot, right? So mm-hmm. you want to think that they brought Lando back to fill that gap, but it's like they kind of have to sum up his story, right? They can't mm-hmm. keep him around forever. Yeah. And it's sad, but, you know, I think... Um, and what, what do you expect from Lando from this movie? Honestly, it's Lando. Everything's pretty unexpected. <laughs> That's I'm gonna be so honest. true. That's so true. <laughs> um, so it's hard for me to gauge like what exactly is going to happen. But we did see him in that gray, very dimly lit area, and it was oh it was very yeah bustling. Yeah, that with... looked like a resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a meeting or, or something. Yes. Yeah. So I think he will definitely be more involved with the resistance. I feel like we mm-hmm. can expect that. Yeah. But in what way, I'm not sure. Right. And, like, why is he coming back now? Yes. Right? It's why like, now? Yeah. Like, like we understand as the audience, right? Like, they're bringing yeah. back Lando to finish up his story. But, like, what is the in-universe reason that Lando now comes back? I feel like with the death of Han, you know, they were obviously connected. Right, yeah. And the Millennium Falcon doesn't have a And we kind of saw that in Solo, right? Like, the whole yeah. connection between Lando and Han. Yeah. Yes. So I think maybe with the death of a friend, or whatever you want to call them. Right, frenemies. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's a very accurate uh, description of them. But it's, it's very, it's complicated. Because yeah. you have so many characters that are kind of either coming to an end, or they're still kind of trying to find out where they're placed. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of chaotic. Yeah, I know. I'm there's not, so like, much. Not to be bad, like that's not taking away the negative connotation of chaotic it's chaotic yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh certainly a lot's going on right like you know and i think that's kind of what the last jedi kind of set up like a sense of chaos right like luke skywalker the last jedi is now dead right the resistance is in shambles the first order has essentially taken over the galaxy right and i do like that sense of chaos Mm -hmm. because it's like you know how are our heroes going to fight back Yes. given their certain circumstance. So I feel like that's really interesting. Um, and I totally agree with you. The chaos <laughs> is certainly building up, you know, obviously towards this film and probably during this film, you know. For sure. Uh, we got a lot of action sequences mm-hmm. in this trailer. Um, I feel like with the trailer with The Last Jedi, we weren't quite sure what was going on. Because no. it seemed like it wasn't that chaotic. You know what I mean? It was like, very kind of like, it wasn't calm, but it was like... It was, like, it was, kind of suspenseful. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was more suspenseful. This is more, like... Action-driven. It's, like, giving me anxiety. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it... Yeah, there's definitely that distinction between tones in the movies, right? Yes. And I feel like uh, we can expect a lot more action and a lot more excitement and driven, mm-hmm. you know, things in this movie. Again, you know, it's character it, dynamics, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's And also, the character di- dynamics are also kind of chaotic. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like, like where do Rey and Kylo stand after The Last Jedi, exactly. right? Like, they were fighting the Praetorian Guards mm-hmm. together, but then after, it's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Right? Because she shut that door on him, and that was it. Or at least we thought. <laughs> well, he's the supreme leader now, isn't he? Yeah, he's the supreme so leader. he's got a lot to 
handle. Right. Aside from Ray and yeah. their mysterious connection. Not I know. that it's mysterious. I mean, yeah. It's, it's more complex. It's, it's complex. Yeah, it's complex. It's, it's deep and it's hard to grasp, and especially I think it's hard to grasp with them. Yeah. Because they're on opposite sides, and again, that whole contrasting of their beliefs at the core, but then they're also. Like very similar. Yes. Yeah. They're parallels, I should say. Yeah. They're good, you know, they're foil characters, but yet they're very similar. Yes. And I think that's really interesting, given their their characters, because we haven't really gotten a lot of that in Star Wars, right? Like, you know, the main villains of, like, what, the prequel trilogy were, like, Count Dooku and, and, and like, his foil character, mm-hmm. Anakin, so-called, or, like, Obi-Wan and Grievous, yes. right? There was a very clear distinction yes. between what drives them and what motivates them, yes. right? And then, like, Luke and Vader in the original trilogy, it's, like, obviously clear distinction. But in the sequel trilogy, we, we get, like, very similar characters that are, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but I, <laughs> I think that, yeah, that, that relationship between Rey and Kylo really defines, you know, their dynamic. It's very complex. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very different from what we've seen in past films. Yes. And I think that's why it's so uncertain for us. I mean, like, again, that clear distinction between, like, oh, you're a Jedi, I'm a Sith, we hate each other. Yeah, exactly. Simple, easy, let's fight. Yeah. And then now it's, like, you know, both... Both factions are in shambles. Yeah. Luke is gone. Mm-hmm. So Rey doesn't really have a mentor yeah. to go on any sort of Jedi path. And clearly Luke was like, Jedi must die. Yeah. So <laughs> Jedi must die. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's this kind of like edgy piece coming from that end. And then there's Kylo, who which Snoke is dead now. Yeah. He killed him. Yeah. Exactly. So there's also that draw yeah. more towards the middle for both of them. Yeah. And it's 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 complicated. I mean, Ray's an edge lord now. An what did she lord. say? Like nobody understands me. She said yeah. something super like, edgy. No one true everyone says that they know me, but they no one really don't. does. Yeah. yeah. It's like that really stood out to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with the absence of a set mentor for her she's a she's a developing character even right. now still yeah you, we have this unanswered past and a lot more room for her to grow right yeah and i feel like you know as you were talking i was thinking about how you know their clear morals are very different but i feel like it's the situation that yes. brings them together right yes. like like they're it seems like they're in both different situations because they're on opposite sides of mm-hmm. the war but in a sense, they're both very similar, right? Like, you know, Ray lost Luke and Kylo lost Snoke. And they're both being put into these positions of a more leader-type yes, role, they're right? they're being pushed to yeah, grow. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot of, you know, probably a lot of the Resistance members are hoping that Ray is going to carry the light, right? And so there's a lot of pressure on her for being, mm-hmm. like, the Jedi, the new Jedi. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of pressure on Kylo because he's the new Supreme Leader, right? And so there's a lot of... There's a lot of situational stuff that's that makes them very similar, but yes. yet their morals are very different. Yes. Yeah. So I think I think that's that's probably one of the clear distinctions. Kind of moving on though to some of the newer characters. Um, I think that uh, we were introduced to um, Dio, the little droid, mm-hmm. with BBA. What, what do you think about that? Love it. Love I it. love droids. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if I see any type of droid 
in Star Wars or in any film, I immediately fall in love with them <laughs> and so I can't innocent. help it. I, oh, I love it. Yeah, they're I so... I, I love the look of, look of them. Uh, you know, he's very duckling inspired esque yes. you know? Yes. And I hear that that's what they based it on. Like, you know, he kind of imprinted <laughs> on BB-8. Yes. And he's, like, following him around. And I feel like that's just... It's, it's great. It's very cute. Um... And I just like how small he is. Like, you thought BB-8 <laughs> is the smallest they could get. and you thought like, BB was the BB. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> then you got Dio, and he's so cute. And he's got two letters instead of, like, you know, two, like, I don't know, like, two symbols or something, or, like, figures instead of, like, three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's really cool. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Um, hopefully he doesn't die. Stop! Don't say that! <laughs> Dio, what are you doing? Taking one last look at my oh, friends. No. <laughs> my friends, no. I just met in this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I think that I'm really looking forward to what they do with Dio. Um, but you want you look like I'm you want to say something. I'm scared that they might be like, oh, he's just the cute, like, little whatever right. for this movie. Like, the porg. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see Dio just be... Like, the cute factor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe if he's got, like, some importance. What's his dilemma? What's right. his, what's his <laughs> how character complex, <laughs> How complex is his character? You know, we've got Rain, Kylo Ren, eh, but Dio. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> they'll sort it out. Yeah. Dio. <laughs> he's got some real problems. So. Um, but, you know, I think, and actually, side note, like, are the, the I think the Porgs are still on the Millennium Falcon because they they nested <laughs> can, in there, right? I can see that being a, a continuation of yeah, and like Lando comes back and he's like, "You further destroyed my ship." <laughs> like, I didn't think it's possible, but now there's like these rod- flying rodents in my ship. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I'm excited to see what happens from Dio. And then we were also introduced to um, a character named Jana, and she's got like a bow and arrow. Yes. And she's riding on the space horse. Yes. And I feel right. like that's. I don't know. I like that. I feel like, based on her position and based on the focus and the mood in that whole sequence, uh, I think she might also be uh, emerging as more of a leader-type figure, even though she's new. Yeah. She has that power with her, mm-hmm. I think, especially since we got her in an action shot for our, like our introduction. Right, yeah. I mean, I feel like the fact that she was leading that charge... That's on the important. Star Destroyer with, like, Finn at her side. Not Finn leading it, but her leading it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty significant because yeah. it shows that she's a leader and that she she obviously has a team. Or that the fact that the main characters even see her as a leader. Like, Finn sees her as in charge, of at least in that situation. I think Finn sees just about anybody as a leader. You I'm know, sorry. To be quite honest, that's, that's <laughs> kind of true. Not to undermine her being... Uh, Powerful like, yeah. or, or prevalent. I think Finn has always been kind of like that's true. A little more of subdued. a follower. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's and I think that's interesting because we did get a lot of that. I don't know. In the Last Jedi, he was kind of a leader. I feel like, like yes, he, kind he stepped of, up more. Yeah, he stepped up more. Now I I don't know if I could say he's a leader. Period. No. Because I don't think he is. Um, but he certainly showed more leadership qualities. Yes. At least in the Last Jedi. Yes. And I feel like that was pretty. I feel like that kind of, you know, lifted him out of the hole of being just the clown of yes. the sequel trilogy. Comic relief. Yeah, comic relief. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, you know, mostly in The Force Awakens, he was comic relief. He was. Because we got to see him kind of, like, pine over Ray, like, why are you holding my hand? And him, like, 
you know, going through this whole chaotic scene, like, in Jakku. Yeah. It was that, again, first impressions mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And for a first impression of Finn being him kind of, like, clumsy or whatever. Yeah. It, I think it made him seem less serious because he was a stormtrooper. Yeah. And that that's a huge piece of his character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his whole history and past has been undermined by that little yeah, carrying little... on of, of comic relief. Yeah. Which is fine in certain places, but I really want to see Finn... Like, kick butt. Kick butt. I want to yeah. see him kick some butt. And, you know, I got, I got to be honest. I think in the trailers, like, they showed him... They showed him being a little bit more serious. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like the shots they showed of mm-hmm. him, like, his character was in peril. You yes. know, like, he's running on that piece of debris and yelling Ray. Yeah. On the, on the Death Star. And I feel like that that really shows that he still is connected to Ray. You know what I mean? Like, despite... And I feel like one of the things, one of my issues with The Last Jedi is that they separated the characters too yes. much, right? Like, Ray was too separated, Poe was too separated, and Finn was too separated. Even in their actions, there yeah. was a huge disconnect between everything that was happening, and it was... It was rough yeah. to see them so separated. Yeah. And now they're just going to be thrown back together. Right, yeah. I, I, mean, I want to see how that works out. Yeah, and I think that, um, because, you know, if we think about it, they reference at the end of The Last Jedi, but, like, Poe has never really met Rey until the end of The Last Jedi. It's weird to think about. Yeah, isn't That's that? That's weird to think about. Because they're, like, the three main characters, yeah, right? And the fact that... three amigos. Yeah, like, the two always... of them two of them haven't really met. It's kind of, and, like, at the end of the second movie... Like, wow. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about. It's a lot to take in. Um, but I will say this. There's, like, a year in between there. So, like, you know, maybe there's some more um, development in their characters and they know each other better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think kind of going back to Finn and his transition from a stormtrooper to the silly kind of comic relief mm-hmm. character we see in The uh, in the Last Jedi and The End of The Force Awakens, um, I like to think that his, his kind of... Uh, weird interactions with Rey are a byproduct of his stormtrooper training because he's never That's really very valid. Yeah, like he's never really had it. like social interactions with people because he's or any been... sort of physical affection exactly or anything that is so important yeah. for development. Yeah, like, I cannot stress enough. Yeah, like, that messes people up, and I think mm-hmm. that that is maybe going to be touched upon more. Right. Yeah, and I feel like as we've seen him progress throughout this new sequel trilogy. We've seen him become more confident in the way he interacts with people, yes. right? And I feel like his sort of awkwardness and, like, silliness comes from that. And I feel like, you know, what we were saying, like, that really undermines his character. But, like, you'd have to look in as deep as we are mm-hmm. to, like, truly, like, understand that. And I feel like that's why he gets a bad rap. You know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of people don't look that far. And why should they, right? I mean, it's a movie. Like, you're yeah. trying to, you're go- oh, I'm going to see Star Wars to enjoy it, not to, like... Like, read into it. It's, yeah. I feel like it's different to, like, participate in everything that's, like, happening. Mm. With, like, the development of character, the plot of, like, everything that's progressed thus far. Right. It's more involved, and that can lead to some issues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that, like, especially with Star Wars, it's, like, I think one of the things that Star Wars does that many other fandoms or stories don't is the issues that occur in the movies and stuff that people have an issue with are further explored in like other content yes and like i feel like that's somewhat of an issue but it's also good that they give us answers Mm -hmm. it's just that like they weren't explored in the movie but at least there at least there's an answer somewhere out there for it right i feel like that's 
I, I like that aspect. Yes. Right? Like, for instance, like, why, why was Rey so trained to take on the Praetorian Guards, even though she had never held a lightsaber before? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and that's explored in other contents. Like, oh, because when they touched hands, like, she was able to access some information from mm-hmm. Kylo as far as lightsaber training, and then Kylo was able to access information from her. But they don't explore it in the movie. No. Right? And I think that's very important more so to their connection as well but like even i remember we had been talking about 3po again about him being an underappreciated character yeah and about the explanation of why he got his red arm and it that i think is very important to show how he is as as a droid right yeah (laughs) he's really his own thing yeah he's so He's got his. He's got personality. Yeah, he does. He has a lot of personality, and I feel like they, they don't really. They they show some of that, but like again, it's comedic. Yeah, it's comedic, right? Like he's he's sort of like a Finn character in a way, Almost. right? Like he's yes, a comic relief. I would say, yeah, yeah. He's like, and I feel like, um, you know, it's interesting because I I remember years back I was watching this documentary and it was talking about like how George Lucas was inspired by ancient stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know Shakespearean type art and. There's always this these side characters in those types of stories called like the jesters. Yes. Right? And R2D2 and C3PO For sure jesters. are the jesters, right? Like they're they're there to provide comic relief in serious mm-hmm. situations. Right? Like at the end of Empire when Le- when Leia and Lando and Chewie or whatever are trying to escape Vespin, like three PO's there, there with his leg in his hand, like I'm standing here in pieces, and you're tr- and you're doing something else, right? Yes. Like that whole interaction just proves that they're there for comic relief, but they're also just the pure quantity of stuff they've been in. You've developed an mm-hmm. emotional connection yes. with them, right? Um, but yeah, I I totally agree with you. Um, side note: in that scene when he's getting his thing, like he's saying, like um, you know taking one last look at my friends you can see a battle droid to the right i don't think i noticed that i know i didn't notice until i until i actually like how many times have you watched this trailer oh my god too many times (laughs) trust me there's like stuff that more normal people would not pick out and i'm just like oh wow i know you're so into the lore and like everything else i know it's like an addiction but um (laughs) it's star wars Wars, i'm getting the rash (laughs) but it's funny because it's like even in this new trilogy, they're still bringing back stuff. Yes. And so cool to see, like, because there's a battle droid, and there's also, like, a super battle droid in the background, mm-hmm. and it's, like, it's so cool to just see that connection that, you know, they're not just, like, oh, the prequels are its own separate thing. Yes. Right? It's, like, they're, they're it's so interconnected that I feel like a lot of fandoms don't do that, yes. right? Like, mo- not, not as a hack on Marvel, because Marvel is oh, very no, good in its sure. own ways. But I feel like... Sometimes it's, it feels very separated. It is very right? hard to connect. Like, sidebar here. Like, <laughs> I'm glad that they did all the movies that they did leading up to Endgame, but they all feel very separated right. from time. And, like, even though they went back into them, there's still, like, this disconnect. Yeah, exactly. Because of how long that they've been like that and the... Uh, there's just so much that's right, happened. Like, sort of like, uh, you know, Captain America and Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, their solo films are so different. But, like, you know, in Star Wars, they add so many little Easter eggs yes. that it just, it's so woven together. Yes, and then having characters like 3PO. Yeah. And R2. And They're, like, constants throughout the films. Yes. And, and they're, like, the one 
the one needle yes. sewing it all together. Yes. Right? And even if they're not there, there's always things that like either reference the future mm-hmm. or like back to the past like there's so many like interconnected things and then even in rogue one they were super good at like yeah connecting that whole conflict piece to the entirety of, of yeah the star wars franchise yeah totally i i totally agree with you and you know it's like and not only does star wars do does that but like it also connects like other stuff like tv shows and and, mm-hmm. and like books and stuff like for instance there was a ship in this trailer called The Ghost, and, that's, and that connects Rebels to it, mm-hmm. which is like a TV show that's for children, granted. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's cool to see that ship appear because it's like, oh, they're still referencing that. Like, that's appeared. Like, in, in some other, you know, fandoms don't connect their TV shows because yes. they're like, oh, it's its own separate entity, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't, want, we don't want it to affect that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, even having, like, Hayden Christensen return as his role as Anakin Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. is so cool because we get to see the prequels affect yes. the original trilogy. Yes. That, and, and a lot of people have an issue with that, but I, I like it. The prequels get such a bad rap yeah. because of... It's really part of the... It's, I feel like it's a product of its time. Yeah, I'm going to be is. honest with yeah. you. It's not... I grew up watching them. I have a place for them in my heart. Yeah. So I'm happy to see this, mm-hmm. but I can see why some people might be upset right but overall i think it's a very good thing it's a good move yeah i agree i think that um you know and i think that people are actually giving the prequels a lot more leeway now oh for sure and i feel like they're being a lot more respected um you know it's hard (laughs) to get past some things in the prequels (laughs) but i feel like as a whole they're being generally accepted better and i feel like the sequels right now are getting a bad rap also yeah like a lot of people hate on them and I feel like it's it's going to be the same situation as the prequels, right? Like I don't know, thirty years from now, people are going to say the sequels be. are so good. Like the sequels were <laughs> the sequels were a product of its time. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> don't you use my line against me? <laughs> uh, I don't want it to be like that because really, uh, no. I, again, this whole interconnected piece, like growing up with the whole the whole like Skywalker saga yes yeah it's it's so difficult to like look at it and have it be criticized like yeah it's so hard yeah (laughs) I know I just and you know it's like I I personally have invested so much time in this and it's Mm -hmm. like it's like and I know I shouldn't but I do (laughs) and like in it's a genuine interest it's a genuine interest right like some people have hobbies like I've got some people right yeah other (laughs) hobbies yeah some people are more productive than me but I'll take Star Wars (laughs) um but you know it's it's funny that you know I've invested so much and like the fact that I have I actually develop like I feel like the more invested you are the more connected you are to it right and like you invest a fair fair amount right like you've seen the Clone Wars oh I love the Clone Wars yeah the Clone Wars (laughs) is such it's so good and so underrated like it it needs it gets a decent amount of love but you know it's it's good I like it um but yeah it's it's so you develop so much connection to these characters that seeing it end in the rise of Skywalker is kind of emotional even the last Jedi made me yeah, with Luke, oh my god, I my heart just ached after that. I was like, because Luke's my favorite character, and to see him go, I was just like, <sighs> like I know he's gonna be back in the Rise of Skywalker because yeah. we even heard him talking, saying you know, and I feel like this is one of my favorite lines from any Star Wars movie. And the fact that it was just revealed in this trailer mm-hmm. says something. The fact that like confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, like that quote is so powerful because yes. it's like. 
it's like obviously the word Jedi is in there, so it's implying Jedi, but like it, it's so relatable to life, you know? Yes. I mean, like confronting fear is part of being a person. Yes. And, you know, it's like it, it's so deep. Like Luke's, Luke is, I, I really look forward to Luke in this movie, you know? I think that's one of the things I really look forward to. Um, what do you think? I've been talking a long time. No, but, that's, that's good. Yeah. Um, we heard a lot of stuff. Yeah. Especially with the little echo and voices and yeah. things like that. And I do think that is a very powerful quote. And I I can foresee some connectedness towards Ray. Yeah. Especially. And you know what's funny? I don't even think Luke's saying that to Ray. No. I think he's saying it to Kylo. What? Yeah. What makes you think that? Because I think that Kylo Ren, it, like what drove him to be a villain is fear. Right, the fact that Shoot. that Luke. Oh my God, it is. That Luke. I disagree with that, you for a second. But I did, oh. <laughs> that Luke <laughs> was going to kill him, and the fact that he didn't want like his uncle to kill him or his family to even doubt him, to doubt his confidence, like drove him to away from his family, right? And I feel like Luke saying that to Kylo Ren, like maybe Ray's in trouble, and Kylo's yeah. like, "It's not my fight." And Luke's like, "Listen, confronting fear." You know, confronting the dark side, Palpatine, confronting it and not just embracing it is part of being a Jedi. He's been very, you know, now that I think about it, he is in a way a very submissive character. He is. It, and it, he's, and very it's such a, he's very obedient. It's such a, well... Except with Snoke. Obedient, somewhat, submissive, yes. Yeah. Uh, he needs to feel ingrained with what's happening especially in the first order i feel like yeah um and that that fear especially him being so young when that happened yeah he was at a vulnerable time yeah you know he felt disconnected from his parents mm-hmm. and he, you know he has the weight of being a skywalker i know like everything is it's... so so difficult for him mm-hmm. and then being Mm, indoctrinated, I should say. Yeah. Into the dark side. Yeah. It, it it just shows that he wasn't ready to fight for himself. Yeah, that's totally true. Oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. So so now that you said that, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be connected to the Jedi. Yeah. Just just Kylo like being able to stand up and yeah. really be. Ben Solo. Right, yeah. And I think it's like, you know, Kylo Ren has never actually faced his fear. No. He's always embraced it, and he's found a way to, like, fight it. But he hasn't, like, confronted it. You know, like, he... I I think it's very reminiscent of, like, Luke... Like, when he fought Luke on Mm Kray, right? Like, one, one would say that it's confronting his fear, but I like to say that, you know, he was fighting Luke. He was resisting Luke. He was like, I, I, yeah, he's, he's scared. scared. All he's known is like going with everything. Yeah, and his, and I think one thing that people don't like that I actually kind of like is his explosive nature. Yes, right. He's so angry all yeah. the time. He's so angry. Yeah, and, and he I, uses that as a, as a, like his solution to many of his problems. Like he just lashes out. A shield. Yeah. He, we don't. It's so hard to see him as a submissive character. Right. Because he's so dang angry all the yeah. time he's so frustrated i mean seeing him in oh 
my god, why am I forgetting the name of the first movie? What of The Force Awakens? Jesus Christ, yes, The Force Awakens. <laughs> 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 Seeing him in The Force Awakens, like, just destroying the elevator. Yeah. Like, you know, we have all these rage scenes from him. Like, it really solidifies him as being angry yeah. internally yeah, all he's, the time. He's so angry that he has to take it out, like actually you yes. know what i mean like he's so he has so much anger built up it's in him misdirected yeah and the fact that uh you know it's funny because i was reading the book you know figures star wars book <laughs> um that you know he's talking to to hux and hux is like vader wore the helmet because he had to wear a helmet you wear the helmet because you're a scared little boy and then it's like <laughs> i mean kylo ignited his lightsaber but like i would be pissed too yeah but like but, i'm offended by yeah that. exactly it's like <laughs> It's like, but that shows so much. It's like, he's using, the helmet is kind of a symbolism for him, like, as a shell, right? Like, he's hiding himself. And the fact that we're actually getting the helmet back in The Rise of Skywalker Mm -hmm. is actually a big indication of where he's at mentally. Yes. Right? And the fact that it's being repaired. Yes. With, and it's like Kintsugi, which is like the ancient Japanese art. Yeah. Art, don't get me started. Don't get you started. But like... The fact that they repair it with different colors showing where it was broken is very symbolic yes. to um, to his character, you know? And I think J.J. Abrams actually touched on that also, the fact that, you know, they repaired his helmet in that way to show him internally. I'm excited. I know. It's so exciting. <laughs> We're digging into so much. It's There's so much to yes. go over. It's so good. Like, it, you know, what it means. And this is from, means. like, two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. I mean... You know, this is the longest Star Wars movie. It's How two hours. It? It's two hours and thirty-five Worth minutes. It. Worth, Worth it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Give me every minute. You, you make a Star Wars movie that's five hours. I'm sitting through it. Yeah, I'll watch it. You got you got my vote. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm really looking forward to that. You know what? We didn't talk about Leia. Shh. Oh this my god. This is supposed to be her movie. Yeah, this is supposed <laughs> to be her movie. Like There's so much. I mean, I, okay. it's it's like. You know, there's so many things that, like, in movie and out of movie that are so confusing about Leia, right? Because Carrie Fisher sadly passed away after the filming of The Last Jedi, right? And a lot of people were unsure if she was going to make an appearance in The Rise of Skywalker and whether her death was going to happen on or off screen, right? Because sadly, I think we have to come to the fact that Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, must finish up her story arc in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and it's sad because, you know, it's you'd like to think at the end of Return of the Jedi that everything happens so fun and, you know, the Empire's defeated and the Rebellion won the war. But we're introduced to this dark side of our of our protagonists that happen after the war, like Leia and Han have a child, but it's Ben Solo and he's dark, right? And they're not yeah. very good parents. I think they know? really need... I think that's going to be faced... Right. I feel like it has to be and, before and she dies. Kylo Ren confronting his fears. That's another His piece. family. Yes. Yeah. He's afraid of his family. Yeah. Like also. And we got that scene in The Last Jedi where he didn't kill his mom. You know, he was going to shoot that missile and, and he then didn't. he didn't, but then the TIE fighters shot it anyways. But um, I feel like it's, it's really interesting to see where they take Carrie Fisher. Um, I heard some reports that she's going to be kind of a master, so-called, to, to Rey. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of guide her through her process. I feel like it's necessary given what's happened yeah. before in The Last Jedi with Luke. Yeah. I mean, Leia, I feel so bad for her. She's lost so Everything. much. She's lost Everything. so much. 
like her husband, her brother, her, her son. son. I mean, the resistance is now in shambles. The New Republic is destroyed. Um, She's lost so many friends along the way. Friends, Admiral Akbar, <sighs> Vice Admiral Haldo. I mean, it's like, I just feel so bad for her. Like, I just hope there's, she like, some... She sacrificed so much. Yeah. And I think there needs to be some type of reward or resolution or something. Because yeah. Because her character deserves it. It does. She definitely does. And I think that it's... I just hope that there's, like, a, a light at the end of this dark tunnel. You know? Because it's really sad to see one of our most beloved protagonists from the original trilogy suffer so much after a long, gruesome war and then get sucked into another... It's it's very interesting, but um, I do like one thing, which is, you know, Return of the Jedi, as I said before, set it up, set up like this bright future, but you know we're exploring kind of the dark side of things in you know shows like The Mandalorian, where it takes place in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, and we see this like dark edge of the galaxy where mm-hmm. it's like, was do things really turn out well? Like did did the revolution really? end well and you know sadly it might it might not have like some worlds may may have actually gained from the empire you know there were some worlds that benefited and the fact that the rebellion took it over it's like did they really end up that much better did they really pay attention to the outer rim worlds it's interesting (laughs) yeah and i think that's one of the things actually like in general i like about star wars it's like a war story I mean, it's not just... It's, it's not very just, political, Yeah, too. it's very political. It's not just character-based. I feel like a lot of superhero movies do that. Like, they focus on some characters, and it's like, oh, their legacy of that, right? It feels so disconnected with, like, Endgame and all the other movies. Right, Sorry. yeah. But, <laughs> like, there are so many different aspects of the Star Wars universe. Like, mm-hmm. we have... We've seen a lot of different characters in a lot of different uh, instances through multiple different lenses yeah I feel like when we had Padme it was very political mm-hmm. we got to see that war story yeah we got to see that you know following Luke from him being a boy really yeah to growing up and being this Jedi yeah it, it, there's so much to look at and yeah. it, it's it's such a complex interesting and engaging world yeah and I'm happy yeah. about it, but at the same time, it, it's, it's bittersweet. Yeah. It's really, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. I, I totally agree. And you know, what's funny is that Star Wars is actually about the galaxy, mm-hmm. you know? And it's funny because people are like, oh, it's about Luke and Anakin and Rey or whatever. It's like, wrong. wrong. It's about the Skywalker's impact on the galaxy, right? Like these movies are about, like at least the, the core movies are about how their family has influenced, like, big change throughout the galaxy but we also get tidbits from other parts where they aren't directly impacted you know like the mandalorian the clone wars well clone wars anakin obi-wan but it was more about the war and you know rebels like these shows explore a lot about you know external things and things that are in like in other books and comics and stuff that that are explored from that those impacts um but before we get too diverged i think that one of the characters, big character that we haven't brought up, Palpatine. I don't want to do it. You don't want to do it? Uh, I'm like, I'm excited for him to be back. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly he's back. Yes. That's undisputable. Undisputable. I feel like 
it was anticipated. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But like, it's very. Where's he gonna come in? Right. Is yeah. Is he gonna try to like snatch Kylo back? Right. Like, what? Be... What are his intentions? Exactly. You know, like, why? Why now is he coming back? Or like, what? What brought him back? And what use does he have to exactly. come back? Right. I feel like in the prequels, he was portrayed as very selfish. He didn't right. have. Like, this yeah. grand cause, like, I'm going to remodel the galaxy in my image. Right. It's going to be beautiful and glorious, and I'm doing this for the greater good. Right. He's basically like, I want all this power. Yeah. Give me all this power. Let me control exactly. things. Because that's just how he is. Yeah. I feel like we might get to see some more depth. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very frantic character. He is. I see him as, God. He's very, he's, he's very, so like, weird. manipulative. He, he always creeped me out. Yeah. I hated him. Yeah. I, I, you know, you hate him, but you're just so it's drawn to him. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because uh, with the introduction of Palpatine, we also get, like, Star Destroyers that, you know, you would think are like, oh, a First Order. But no, they're mm-hmm. Imperial-class Star Destroyers. So it's like he has, maybe not him, but, you know, it certainly implies him that, you know, there's this massive fleet of Imperial Star Destroyers out there. And Palpatine's coming back, and it's like, holy crap, right? It's not the First Order, right? And it's not the Resistance. You know, it, it almost makes me wonder if the Resistance and the First Order might team up. That's... Ooh. Like, they both see Palpatine as a big threat. Like, the First Order is, is being challenged by Palpatine. Is that why they were fighting together? I, I don't know. I mean... It looked like when they were fighting together, they were destroying a stand, but it had Vader's mask on it from The Force Awakens. Why would they do that? Yeah. It's it's very... It's very mysterious. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that we got that dark throne, the very pointy throne that had, like, engravings on it, it's it's just... I feel like we're really going to get... We're really going to tap into, like, the mysterious side of the dark side in this movie. Right? Like... I don't know. It's so much. There's a lot. There's a lot. This trailer is so good. It's so good. <laughs> I in in just quick shout out to John Williams. I For mean, sure. the the music. Oh, like the main I love the music. Theme, I love the music. The main Star Wars theme, and then like having those pitches at the. It's just it's really beautiful. well composed. And this is kind of you know. Um, a swan song for John Williams because this is his last movie mm. that he's composing, you know? Because I don't even think he's doing Indiana Jones 5. What? Yeah. I don't think he's composing the music for that. I think they're just going to, you know, take the main theme that he made and then, like, you know, some other uh, composer music, you know? Um, not to say that other composers can do as you know, can't do as well. No, it's just that's, that that's he's fair. he has mo- he has the most notoriety. <laughs> he's got infamy. Yeah, he's got infamy. Um, but you know, it's it's very it, it like even makes my heart sing. Yeah. Like just talking about it because it's like the very end, and so much is happening, right? And I'm just really happy, you know, because. Even even the Rise of Skywalker sold more tickets on Adam.com than Endgame in the first hour, and that's really cool because I feel like I'm a lot excited. of people thought that Star Wars was dead, and it's like no, Star Wars is not. It is not dead. dead. It is not dead. Very much the contrary, but um, you know I'm really excited. I think that 
whatever they do with Palpatine, I hope it's good. I don't want any cloning thing. Where they where he like clones himself. No. Like, yeah, I don't stupid. want that. That's stupid. Um I did like one, you know, uh possible theory where, you know, he's like in this purgatory state between like life and death and like he needs Ray and Kylo. I like that. I like that a yeah, lot. Yeah. To like become like a, a an entity. Clearly again. there was that I feel like there was something like that with Snoke, in a way. Yeah. Like, oh, find the girl. Like, like, I wasn't even quite sure what Snoke had for Rey. And it'd be cool to see, like, like Palpatine say, yes, I tried getting Snoke to get Rey, but he failed, yeah. and that's where I come in. I feel like there's, he's got his little wormy fingers in <laughs> Wormy <everywhere>. fingers, yeah. <laughs> his little wormy fingers in there. Yes. <laughs> Again, that whole interconnectedness, I feel like Palpatine might be pulling some strings, especially with him being so... He's so manipulative. ...in need of power, of, of, of life, something to bring him out of this purgatory, if, if we're going off that theory. Yeah. So, very... Uh, yeah, it's so... There's a lot to go off of. It's like, what are his intentions? Like, what I was saying before, like, you know, it, it'd be cool to see that, but I think also it's like, you know, was that the intention Snoke had? You know, was Snoke trying to do, trying to get them so that he'd give them? Yeah, it's like, I want, I want some reference to Snoke in this movie, right? Like, like I'm I'm glad that we have Palpatine; he'll be cool. Um, But you know, we want some explanation with Snoke, you know, because I feel like we haven't really gotten that. No. Um, But I feel like if we got that, it'll tie things better, and it'll it'll explain what his intentions were. My guess is that Snoke was Palpatine's uh, pawn in this whole in this whole game. I don't know. Snoke seemed pretty pawnish. Yeah. Like he didn't have conviction, in a way. Like he yeah. was just like managing. Yeah. First order Kyle. management. <laughs> <laughs> He's like manager. General manager. General manager. What do we have here? Ah, uh, disgruntled employee. Oh my God. <laughs> Kylo Ren. Calderon got a promotion after. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. I'm really excited to see Palpatine back. As we said before, we're not quite sure where, he's, where they're going to go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray and Kylo, very dynamic relationship. Very complex. Um, one thing I will say, though, is Palpatine did say that your coming together will be your undoing. Toot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, uh, maybe it's more like your undoing as we know them. Maybe. Now. Yeah. Or maybe it's like the fact That's that you scary. guys, the fact that you guys That's are coming, scary. the fact that you guys are coming together is your downfall. Like, you know, this is what I wanted. I wanted you two to come together, or like you guys to come together, so that I, I could kill you, happening. right? Kill you all together, or like destroy you once and for all, right? And whether that's to Ray and Kylo or to the Resistance and the First Order or to two other two other main focuses, like, I don't that's know. That's a big connection. Yeah. Yeah, because maybe Palpatine sees them both as a threat, right? Like, I'm tired of these two fighting. I want to destroy them all so I can reshape in my own form, right? And I'll be more powerful than ever now. I could see Palpatine doing that. Yeah. Oh, Palpy. Oh, Palpy. Papa Palpy. <laughs> But, <laughs> not my papa. That's what I'm saying. Force ghosts. Any uh, mention? Yeah. Anakin. I heard that Hayden Christensen was pulled by Disney 
and was not allowed to talk at a fan uh, conference more recently. So that's interesting. That's suspicious. Yeah. That's suspicious. Will we see Anakin Skywalker back in the Rise of Skywalker? I feel like that's confirmation in itself. Yeah. Like, why would you need to do that? Right, yeah. Unless they're just trying to create hype. Could we see Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love it. Obi-Wan, Yoda, Anakin. You did? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if I was a girl, maybe me also. No, I always loved loved Obi-Wan. Yeah, Obi-Wan is, he's so cool. He's such a cool character. Um, I'd love to see him back, maybe like, you know, a little bit older, maybe Mm -hmm. more Alec Guinness look from the original trilogy. Like, they make Ewan McGregor look a little bit more older. Yes. Right? And then Anakin back, that would be really cool. Yes. Yoda, we saw him in The Last Jedi. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, possible Qui-Gon? I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't... Nah. He's I so don't... cool, but I don't think he's coming back. Because no. I don't think enough people like can, him. like, remember him. Or, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he'll like him. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we got Darth Maul in Solo, which is interesting. That is true. Because, like... You would you would kind of need like the not the the experience of watching Clone Wars like and Rebels. Baby Darth Maul. Though. Baby Darth Maul. I feel like he had a baby face. He had a baby face. <laughs> I feel like that's how I remember it. I don't know why. I don't know. That's some ugly baby. I'll give you that. <laughs> baby with that's red black and has horns. <laughs> baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be a symbol of a baby. But um, yeah, it's interesting that they kind of introduce that concept with mm-hmm. like you know a general audience um so maybe Qui-Gon I don't think so but I you know with the introduction Darth Maul is so weird I heard some rumors going around that maybe Ahsoka <laughs> love it have you seen do you know what happens to Ahsoka after Clone Wars I feel bad saying this but I don't you don't I would I would recommend it you know, okay. maybe not watch the entire Rebels because it's a little bit much, but there's certainly certain episodes that Ahsoka's arc is so cool in Rebels. It's so cool, and it gets to, like, in the deepest, darkest parts of the Force. So it's really cool. I recommend it. Um, Rebels as a whole is a good series, but, you know, it's it's a little bit... It's got... It's hit or miss. Um, but Ahsoka's really good. <laughs> um... And so I, I think I think we covered a lot. Oh, for sure. You know, I think I'm well, I'm one really excited for the Rise of Skywalker. Same. Um, I'd love to see you know sidetrack a little bit Mandalorian. I'd love to see <laughs> the Mandalorian some aspect of him appear in the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. I think that would be cool to have like a Boba Fett esque character. Of course you would. On the of good course you side. would. Of course I would. I mean, and like it'd be so cool to get like a like a bounty hunter like Boba Fett on the good guy side. You know what I mean? Because we don't really have a lot of... I mean, Zori Bliss, she's a new character. She's like a bounty hunter. We miss her. I can't believe we missed her. But she's um, she's like a bounty hunter character. Excited to see her. She's played by Carrie Russell. Um, so uh, apparently she's got some connection with Poe. Um, Solid. I can see that. Yeah. Um, Poe's going to have more of a leadership role in this movie. They totally set that up in The Last Jedi. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a lot. 
I wonder how it all sums up and whether they make more stuff after this, you know, like... There's no way they can. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if they'll go off of, like, Ray and Poe and Finn's story. Do you think any of the main characters are going to die? Maybe Ray. Maybe Ray. Maybe Finn. I could see Finn. Maybe Rose. I don't know, I don't know if I consider her a main Yeah, character. oh my god. As we're mentioning this stuff, I'm just realizing how many, like, little characters, like, little characters we missed, like Rose and... Like, I heard that Rose is going to have a more prominent role in this. I'm glad. Yeah. I like her. I feel like she kind of got screwed in The Last Jedi. For sure. Yeah. Because her character was was good at heart. It's just the way that she was written was, like, a little bit... It was questionable. Yes. You know? And it had, like, very unusual moments. Like, the forced romance. I felt like between her and Finn, that was a little bit... I took a step back there because yeah. I, I felt like it was... It was really forced. Also, I don't like the quote that she says. Like, that's probably one of my least favorite quotes. Like, well, wars aren't wars aren't won by fighting what we what we don't like, but saving what we love. Why is it not your favorite? <laughs> I can see why it wouldn't be, but okay. Why? So, I'll, I'll say this: it's not a bad quote. It's just that, you know, it's like wars aren't exactly fought by saving what we love. Because, like, if you think about, like, real-world situations like World War II, it's like, we fought, we fought Germany because we hated everything the Nazis stood for, right? That like, and fascism and, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, money. dictatorship. It's like, we hate that. Money. Money. We did it for money. We did it for money also. Um, we love money. But <laughs> <laughs> also in Star Wars, people like money. That's, yeah. <laughs> Which is what DJ actually brought up. That new, that guy in The Last Jedi, he's like, the sold them out. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on, they're both they both want money. Yeah. And it's like a little bit random, but it's like I guess I guess that makes sense, right? That's like another lens like to people look at benefit it. from war. Which is a very real world thing, you know. People do benefit from war, you know, selling ammo, you know, doing like selling munitions, tanks, guns, weapons, I don't I don't know. All these different things are like sold and made profit, which is interesting that Star Wars touches on that and it introduces that good aspect. World building. Yeah, it's good world building. Um, but I guess I don't like that quote because it, it's like... Half, it doesn't sum up the conviction. It doesn't sum up the conviction. It's very, And it's also, it feels like that's not the whole reason, you know? Limited. It's, it's very limited. Lim- it's like it's like a half-truth, you know? It doesn't... It's not very powerful. It's very, yes. It's very subjective. Yes. Kind of. It's like, oh, I could see it either way. Yeah. I choose to believe the other way because it's like, I feel like by fighting what we hate is in in a way preserving our morals and like what we believe. Right? You're getting into some TOK stuff I know. Here. I'll save it for TOK class. But anyways, <laughs> um, I'm glad that she's getting a prominent role. Yes. She's, she's being raised a c- commander of the, the resistance, which is cool. Yes. Um, I think Chewbacca... I don't know what they're going to do with Chewie. Chewie. I think they're going to keep him alive. They He's, better keep him alive. It's interesting because he was in the prequels also. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I, I knew it when I was watching it, but to think about, he's been, he's like 200 years old. You know that, that's, right? That's normal for a Wookiee. Yeah, that, I guess, yeah, he's, like, middle-aged for Wookiee. Middle-aged. <laughs> middle-aged. Yeah, he's, like... Our middle-aged yep. Chewie. <laughs> he's been through, like, three wars now. Yeah. Man. Clone Wars. 
Dude's got some wicked PTSD then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he wakes, wakes up in the middle of the night. <laughs> C3PO and R2D2, they've got, actually, they got their memories wiped, so they wouldn't have PTSD, so. But it's, it's interesting that they've, <laughs> they've been through so much that I heard that maybe the, uh, the resistance is trying to, like, hack into C3PO's mind to get no. information. I don't know. That's just what I heard. But, um, you know, maybe that's, like, at the expense of his life. You're not, you don't look very happy about that theory. No. <laughs> no. I hate it. I mean, like, it's a good theory and everything, like, yeah. But you don't want to, you don't, don't, you want, don't want, it. want it to be for yes, that reason. I don't want it. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's it's questionable, like, would the resistance really sacrifice C-3PO? I feel like they would. I feel like that's, this is really going to sound like an off-topic thing, but I feel like that's what happened in Toy Story 4 <laughs> with Woody, okay? Cause, like, I didn't see Toy Story Oh, you didn't? What happened to Woody? No, no, no. Woody's fine. But, oh, maybe that's a spoiler. Okay. You know, I feel like I, I'm, Woody was my favorite character, but, like, he... I always liked Woody. Yeah, Woody was my favorite character, and, like, Andy gave it to Bonnie at the end of the movie, and it's like, you gotta play with him. And, like, in the beginning of Toy Story 4, Woody's the only toy not taken out of the closet. So it's like, I feel like Bonnie betrayed, like, Andy, and, like put his favorite toy in the closet it's just so weird though yeah like it's it's such a like nonchalant thing to us yeah like, exactly yeah it's like why am i so torn up about a toy not being like you yeah and it's like and woody leaves for that reason oops anyways i mean the spork was there in the street i kind of knew yeah I sorry have to watch it. you're good <laughs> i just spoiled you're it for Wendy. Fine. hopefully i didn't spoil it for anyone else but um but anyways that's what that that same dynamic is what i feel about c3po like i feel like he's been given to the resistance yes and that like, makes sense and actually like, now that you say that i'm glad that you kind of spoiled it a little bit yeah like he's been given to the resistance as like their favorite toy and now he's like being like i don't want him to be I cast don't away play with you yeah anymore. toy story 2 oh my god <laughs> i love that scene no, actually. That was a scary scene. That was a scary scene. <laughs> like, girl. Yeah. But um, anyways, I think that's going to sum it up for us. We really covered a lot. For sure. I mean, just, and this is just the trailer. I mean, ah! like what you said before, it's like. What are we going to do when the movie comes out? We can't make uh, a two-hour podcast. Uh, I mean, this one's like already like an hour, I think. It's Jesus. like. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh my God. It's. I, I can't good. tell you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm but very anyways, good. thank you, Wendy, for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so um, much for having me. I'm you glad know, to be here. I don't, you know, this is a really, what we got into was some deep stuff. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, we'll definitely have you on for, like, another Star Wars thing. Because, like, you're probably, like, the Star Wars expert next to, next to me. What? Next really? To me, yes. That makes me... <gasps> yeah. I, I dubbed the expert Star Wars -er. Next to me. It is an honor. Yes. It's an honor. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Well, um, I really look forward to doing more episodes with you because I think we can get into some really good stuff. Great. Um, but anyways, uh, so Sean and Mustafa are up next, and they will be reviewing the Joker movie. Beat this. Is, yeah. Boom. Dynamic duo. <laughs> Dynamic duo. Oh! oh! Oh, that was so cringy. That was so cringy. But, <laughs> but it's very, uh, you know, proper. Uh, yes, fitting. For this, uh, yeah, fitting. Um, which is funny because this is our ninth episode, and we did a ninth episode nine trailer breakdown, trailer Ooh. review. Yeah, 
So anyways, thank you so much, and uh, we will see you guys next time. So that concludes the segment on Star Wars that we had. We were talking about Episode Nine in our Episode Nine. Uh, one little thing, my box office prediction, $1.9 billion. And uh, now we're going to talk about Joker. I'm joined by Mustafa. Hey, guys. He has seen Joker. Yeah, and I loved it. I have seen Joker. So, uh, Sean, what did you think about the movie? That was good. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it more than, uh, say, Endgame? Uh, at the time or, like, now? Because I think uh, when, let's, let's Endgame, try both. Let's try both. when Endgame came out, you know, I was pretty on the hype train for that one. But, uh, uh, like, now I've cooled off on Endgame. Oh. So, what about you? I actually enjoyed Joker more than Endgame. I would say even in the theaters. Because uh, towards the end, are we doing spoilers in this? Yeah, this is spoiler. Oh, right. spoiler warning. We are talking spoilers. Yeah. I want to say the Joker was definitely like a slow burn. But I yeah. felt this huge amount of satisfaction when like Arthur finally found his place in society. Yeah. Like, just like I was rooting for him the entire time. But like, even though it was like twisted, it was almost like a tragedy that like he turned into a villain. Yeah, it was like, tragic. You it, felt it was the, tragic. the whole time, you know, in the subway when he shot those three guys. You yeah. Went, no, please don't, because like, stay as Arthur, and he yeah. doesn't. Like, no, like it's like society doesn't really give him a choice. But, yeah. like, even then, like, even like when he became a villain, I just felt happy that Arthur was happy, you know, like, yeah. that he found his place. And I, that, that made me feel yeah. really nice. It, it was, like, a good feeling on something kind of twisted. Yeah. And I think that's what the Joker film set out to accomplish. Yeah, so the Joker movie came out in October, I think October, October. 4th. And, of course, it was surrounded by the controversies. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, especially with, um, in 2013, The Dark Knight Rises, there was a... The 2012, Aurora, right? 2012, my bad. 2012. 2012. The Aurora shooting, and, like, that... In Colorado, yeah. yeah. That was uh, said to be inspired by and it the got Joker a, character. And an FBI warning. The Joker the, movie? Yeah. One of the only times it got an FBI warning. If you're wondering about that, we talked about it in our first episode. Yeah. First episode, yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot. Even in my uh, theaters when I was watching it, I think I watched it on, like, the opening night. Uh, the theater... The, the movie guys, whatever. They still have extra security. They do have extra security. They and, still have yeah. extra security. I saw it this weekend. Yeah. I was, still have extra I was there security. like 10 minutes early, 20 minutes early, and they started opening up seats like one by one, checking out with a flashlight. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was really sus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now it's kind of ventured off of that, and they now the media is kind of focused on how the movie promotes violence and promotes oh, yeah. social I feel like the media is How do you feel about that? The media has definitely been out for the Joker ever since it was like announced. I think that, it's true? Huh? that it's inspiring violence does it the only thing it's inspiring is that like people taking photos on that famous staircase yeah <laughs> that's the only thing the joke like uh the only social thing that the joker ever did well yeah i think yeah. it's interesting it's for me it's kind of similar to the oh video violent video games from violence oh yeah like obviously the, they're showing the media has been on i feel like the issue is the media can confuses sort of showing violence with like port like promoting it. promoting it right yeah I don't think this movie promotes violence. It's clear that the movie, like, forces you to think that it's wrong. Yeah, it definitely, like, Arthur, like, the protagonist, or I guess you can say protagonist, like, he, he does it. Antihero. Huh? Whatever the you ant- want to call him. Antihero. But, like, the for, villain. For the sake of the movie, like, he is the protagonist of the movie. Like, he is, like, a sympathetic character, but it never paints any of the actions he does as being morally right. Yeah. Yeah, like, he is, like, he is mentally insane. Like, uh, say, like, um... Like, uh, there'll be, like, parts where he seems like he has, like, no other choice but to do this bad thing. Oh, yeah, on the subway. You can tell it was not... He didn't want... He didn't go to the subway planning to, you know, do what he did. He didn't plan on killing those people. Yeah. He was almost, like, did it out of... He was getting beat, 
he kept getting beat. They didn't stop beating him. And he was like... Out of uh, frustration. You know, yeah. And it just, I think it's... built up resentment, yeah. I think it's also good how he didn't get the gun. He didn't go out and buy it, right? Oh, yeah. He was gifted the gun or given it to him. Yeah. I think that helps there. He never had the intent on being who he was. He was just trying to protect himself. It was almost like everything around him did that. Yeah, So yeah, before exactly. we Before we get into that more, just some more general things. 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is too low. Too low. How much did Endgame get? Uh, higher. Did it get anything in the 90 or 80%? Uh, let me check real quick. But also, 8.8 stars on IMDb. That, that's a more or less accurate. And to be, to be fair, 8.8 is extremely high. Especially for IMDb standards. Especially for IMDb. Yeah. I think the highest rated movie on IMDb ever is 9.3. The Shawshank highest rated Redemption. movie? Shawshank Redemption, huh? 9.3. That's, so 9.3, oh, 94% for Endgame on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't know what to say I about think, that. uh well, Rotten Tomatoes is weird because isn't it something like... The are 69% not... isn't, like, the general rating. It's how many people would give it a fresh... Something weird like yeah, that, right? Yeah, it's, it's not like... So it's already a weird... Like, initially, like, it's not, like, rated out of 10, right? Like, they yeah. ask people, do you like this movie? So it's, like, it's pretty much saying 69% of people it's like... It's something like, would you recommend people go watch this movie? Yeah, yeah, so, like, 69% of critics would recommend this movie or something like that. Yeah, and then the audience score is 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the same, basically, as IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, all right, who's better, Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix as Joker? It's a very hard question, uh, and I think it's good that it's a hard question because, um, you know, he, uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix definitely put up a really great performance. Yeah. But I don't know if it's possible to compare these two kind of – they play very different characters, yeah. you know? For me, I'm going to have to let some steam settle. It's hard to – for me, it's hard to grade things on first look That's definitely without anything true. else. Like I very like I very much liked Hawking Phoenix Joker. It was yeah. definitely very more a lot more sympathetic than any like of the Like a lot of the choices they made. Yeah, he was definitely you could see it like the mental it's a different Joker. It's definitely a more inter- a different Joker, you know. Yeah, the laughter not actually being choice. I like that. Uh, that's one of the things I really loved. I uh, loved a lot yeah. about the movie. How like initially like the laughter wasn't a choice. It was pathological laughter. Like whenever he's frustrated, or whatever. But like when he like finally finds himself when he becomes Joker, yeah, the la- he chooses. He chooses to laugh. to laugh. That's so good. I thought that was all very yeah. poetic. You know? I think another thing that's going unnoticed, kind of reading reviews, that usually the Joker is associated with Batman. That's oh, yeah. not what happened in this movie. I think it's I mean, very technically, interesting. Technically, he's associated with. Well, Batman. now he is, but like he wasn't created through Batman like he usually is. Oh, that's what you. Yeah. Well, I mean. There is some very kind minor, of, kind of very minor link. You know? He's kind of created by Thomas Wayne. He, Joker in the movie. I'm just gonna be spoiling a little bit more. Uh, he believes that we like, gave you a spoiler. Warning, there is a spoiler. So warning, here's so. another spoiler yeah. warning. <laughs> so um, Joker believes that he is Thomas Wayne's son and that he is Bruce Wayne's half brother. And he might be. We yeah. have no actual. They keep going back and forth, right? Yeah, it's meant to be an ambiguous, like this, which is great. Yeah, that's like, so smart. Yeah. So uh, Joker thinks that he is like Thomas Bruce Wayne's half brother. Yeah, he reads his mom's letter. And like when Thomas Wayne like beats him up in the bathroom, I, that was like just another nail in the coffin for like. Yeah, and him then he goes to Arkham. Yeah. And he finds his mom's records there. Finds out that, you know, she. We'll get into more of this yeah. later, but what it's like, ambiguous, which is good. What I, what I like about the film was that there wasn't just one incident that turned him into the Joker. Yeah. It was a many different like small things that were building up yeah. to this explosion. Well, yeah, some are small. Oh, wait, well, yeah, I went, like I went as small bigger. as in a relative term, yeah. but, like, yeah. Would you give Joaquin Phoenix the Oscar? Best I, performance of the year in a movie? I mean, I haven't, see, I haven't seen a whole lot of movies this year, but... I, He's I, in Oscar talks, if that he, makes it easier for you. Okay, then, I w- if he... Yeah, I would, I would give him an Oscar. I would give him an Oscar. Yeah. 
especially because Robert Downey Jr. is also in Oscar talks. I don't know if I can. I can't justify uh, giving anybody the Oscar over Joaquin right now. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, even with uh, like the Marvel movies, like. This uh, is his movie. Like yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Endgame isn't just Robert Downey Jr.'s movie. Although it, a lot of people seem to think I that. I mean, I guess it's his movie, quotation and marks. I'd say it's more like Captain many... America's movie. I think that's... I think Whatever, it's... it's debatable whose movie yeah, yeah. it is. It's not debatable in Joker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to get into, like, specific scenes now. Because oh. this movie has so many good ones. It has so many great so, shots as well. First scene, the opening scene. That was so sad. He's in Haha's Clown, right? And they're talking yeah. about the... Whatever, what was it? Super Mutant Rats or Super Rats or something? On the radio, something, and you see him putting on makeup. Something like that. Do you think that's and a reference he, to a comic book villain? No, I think it's a reference to... This movie's set in, like, the 80s, yeah. New Yorkish style. Yeah. I think in the 80s, there was something, like, super rats going around. Because oh. of how dirty New York was in the 80s. I think it's oh, a reference yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. But he's putting on his makeup, and you see, like, a tear that w- going down his eye. Yeah, and then, like, he's uh, trying to smile, but it just keeps on turning into a frown. Yeah, it's such great, like, juxtaposition. Because he's it in is. a place, like, ha-ha's clown, yeah. and he's putting on clown makeup. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's wearing a smile, but he's not smiling. You know? Yeah, he's clearly never. Yeah, he, there's something like, me- like he has some sort of uh, mental disorder. I love how it's doing. not like a in-your-face scene. It's not a bunch of action. It's not a bunch of violence. Yeah. It's a very simple scene, it's but a character, it portrays so it's much a character emotion. Building. Yeah. yeah, I like right at like that scene set the tone for the movie. Like, yeah. I f- automatically I felt really bad for the character. Like, I already sympathized with him at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then. Soon after that, he does his... He gets beat up, which we see in the trailers. Yeah. Gets his sign taken. Which, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say it's on the nose, but, like, I, it just seems it's like... more it, on the nose than the other things. Yeah. Actually, I think there was one other thing that was a little bit... I forgot what the it train? was. The train? The what? I don't know if the train was on the nose. I don't think No, no. That, I, I, that made... I guess that he kind of... Uh, there was there was a point where... It the did, train thing made more sense than the... It started stealing off... Stealing the sign thing. Yeah, yeah. The train thing started off more natural... But like you know, when they like were beat, when they were about to beat him up, like when they were walking up to him, that's the, when it seemed yeah. like they turned the into caricatures. The sign thing was weird because it was just five guys jumping a clown and stealing, clearly stealing stuff from him. Yeah, yeah. And then right? they beat him up. It's like five kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Uh, oh, I do love though when he's on the ground. He's not like he's protecting his medicine. Is that what that? he's doing? I thought he was just no. Like it kind of looks like he's like protecting like something. He's protecting his medicine though. See, I thought he was just trying to go into like a fetal position. No, I'm pretty sad, sure yeah. he's protecting his medicine. Does he keep his medicine on him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and one one detail I thought was really, like, interesting was uh, how when he's on the train with the little yeah. kid, you know, and he's Oh, like, yeah, that's a good scene. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, like, it's a very sad, like, he's trying to be a good guy, but, it like, It goes from, like, like, sad, and then it becomes super uncomfortable because he starts laughing, and at this point, you don't know, like, that he has this condition because they don't tell you until after he starts laughing. Oh, yeah. You're so uncomfortable in that scene. Yeah, I felt so bad. Because, like, after... You feel bad for him. Cause, yeah. And it, you, I mean, well, at first, you're like, uh, what are you doing? And then he hands her the card, and you're like, oh. I mean, even as he was laughing, like, I could tell that this was definitely some sort of mental yeah. condition. Just the way Joaquin Phoenix performs this. So good. Yeah, which I heard that he actually did base it off of, like, real pathological... Yeah, he went and studied them. Yeah. And also, like, I felt very sad for him, because, like, he wants to express him, like, wants to express his emotions, but he can't do it properly. Like, he's... Yeah. Being, he's, you know, devastated that, he, you know, and he's just... He can't help but laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And the interesting detail is that I don't think that lady gives back his card. So, like, when the people beat him up on the train later, when he's trying to reach for his card, he can't find it. Well, he probably has multiple cards. Yeah, I would think that, too. But I think they just didn't give him a chance to 
I think that was what they It was in his, like, suit jacket, which was on the ground. Oh, yeah. So he was trying to reach for it, and they didn't give him the chance. Yeah. So the next scene, the scene at the children's hospital. Oh, that was... That was... Oh. That was, that was uh, such a good... It made me feel sad, and it made me laugh at the same time. Yeah. Like, immediately, I was like, oh, my gosh, no, but that... So this comes soon after he's given the gun. And it, that was... Yeah. He goes to the children's hospital, and he's dancing for the kids, and everything's going fine. He's making jokes, actually laughing. Yeah, kids are actually laughing, and then um, he drops the gun. Then he drops a gun. Yeah. And I love how it doesn't stay on the scene. Doesn't overplay it. Yeah. He drops a gun, he runs to get it. And then he stumbles upon it a little bit. He he tries he to play it. it off yeah. as an act, and then it cuts. Yeah. You don't which, get the kids' reactions. You don't get the... You don't get the filler in there. Oh, yeah. It's a very... Um, it's This happened. It's clearly bad. You don't need to be told it's bad, right? Mm. You don't need the kids' reactions. Yeah. You don't need the doctors. You, you just, no, you just need Joaquin Phoenix's performance. He's, like, frantic, and he's, like, trying to play it off, but yeah. you can see the pain behind his smile. Yeah, and then he gets uh, fired later in the movie because Which of that. Which was also very sad. That was very sad. Yeah. Uh, and I... he's explaining, like, oh, it's part of my act. Oh, Which... yeah, it's a prop gun, you know? Which, uh... I, I'm still, like... I don't know if he, like, actually thought it was part of his act or if that was him trying to play it off. It, it was definitely him trying to play it off. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I, it's clear he didn't want to drop it. Yeah, I also think that... He seems like he just didn't know what to do with it, so he kept it on his person. Yeah, I also think that, like, um... Not sure, I forgot my... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll continue. Yeah. So, and then we get the th- scenes with the therapist. And he's talking, all I have is bad thoughts. Yeah. She's not listening. And while this, you're already feeling bad for him because she clearly doesn't care about him. Yeah. Like someone who's trying to help him. Someone who's supposed to be helping him isn't helping him. Yeah. And then she says, what does she say? Our budget is cut. I can no longer prescribe you medicine or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, how am I supposed to get my medicine? And she says, I don't know. Yeah. It's a turning point in the movie. So this actually happens a lot in countries. You'll get social systems cut. Yeah. And to a lot of people, it's just kind of, oh. Well, that sucks. Yeah. But seeing it from his perspective, it's so much more impactful because it's going to affect him, and it does. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. What yeah. I like about the movie is, like, how Joker or, like, before, like, Arthur Fleck, he's portrayed as, like, a very miserable person. Yeah. But, like, he, there's a, like, a, he finds his way as the Joker, you know? Like, that's, I guess that's why he, got, he gets yeah. the name. It's what makes him happy. Yeah, you know? so we already talked kind of about the subway scene yeah, let's go over it again. we'll go over it again it's a big scene so that happens after he gets after the therapist right after he gets or fired after he gets fired and after, after the something happens so it's after kind of like a, a back the, to back yeah i think that was like the final or well not final thing but like a his final like a state as like arthur fleck you know uh, i think I'll, I'll tell you when i think he changes but, oh no i meant like a, his final like normal life problems like you know, because like, he gets fired from his job. Like, he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. You know, like, his therapist cuts him off, I guess. And then this was still before his mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's on the subway trying to get home. And he sees these three people harassing this yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, clearly wanting to do sexual things. And then yeah. they, she doesn't want her. Yeah. And uh, actually, I think we should talk about the comedy scene, like the comedy club scene before. I guess after this. Is it after? No, yeah, I, it's after this. Okay, yeah, because uh, there was, like, one uh, parallel. I'm going in order, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. going in order. Because there was, like, this one uh, thing that was, like, that had parallels with the, the train scene and the comedy scene, right? 
like um the Joker, like he's always just like laugh, like he's trying to figure out what's funny so he can make people laugh. Oh, you know, that like, is such a good scene. Yeah, and then in, like in the comedy scene, he's like laughing like on the when run, no one else is laughing. When no one yeah, else he is doesn't laughing. get it. He's yeah, he completely misses the point of the joke. They laugh and he kind of looks around like, why are you guys laughing? And he's like, oh, that's the funny part, you know. Yeah. And he's taking notes on these things. That's a good scene. Even on the train. That's scene, after this though. Yeah, even in the yeah, train scene. Okay. I guess the train scene was like foreshadowing that bit because like when the guy's like making it like. A sexual remark to like the girl whatever he makes like a joke whatever like arthur starts laughing a little bit but it's kind of ambiguous to tell whether he's doing it out of nervousness no or... he's doing it out of not because he thinks it's funny yeah. it's his condition yeah no but like in that i know it's his condition but like there was like also like another joke that the guy says and the other guys were laughing so like when he started laughing i thought it was just him trying to fit in with that crowd because he sees them laughing no i think he was laughing like a little before that yeah a little before and that then and they then they kind of looked over nerve- and they're like what are you doing and then they said a joke yeah and then it's a nervous yeah laughter, so yeah. Was this in the trailers? Uh, was any the, of this in the trailers? Him laughing in the train, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, like, the guy is, like, you know, getting ready to, like, beat him. So that they beat him up because he always gets beat up. Yeah. Um, and then out of, I don't know what it is. It's not that he wants to, but it's kind of out of self-defense. He, he whips out the gun, right? You get this brutal scene. And he kills two you people. You don't see it coming. Yeah. You just see the brains kind of splatter. You almost kind of forget about the gun. You, would you think, do forget about yeah, the you gun. Yeah, you think that he would throw it away after that incident, but, like, yeah. Yeah. No, like, he kills two of the people. And then, like, the last person I thought was really interesting was that he hunted him down pretty much. Yeah, so I'd, I'm i going to kind of disagree with some people here, but I don't think this was him turning into the Joker. No, definitely I not. I think it was him going, I just killed two people. I can't let a witness get away. I think that's what he was doing. I don't... I mean, I think he was... I think he was he still, was like, angry. filled with anger. Yeah, I think he was still filled with anger, but I don't think he was thinking, like, yeah, rationally. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't think he had the idea in mind, like, oh, this is a witness. I, I think, like, this man just tried to kill me. Why should I, like, give him the yeah. chance to leave? Yeah. Uh, then after that... The bathroom the scene. The bathroom scene. Ooh, that gave me... It's chilling. Yeah. So he just kills three people. Like, him processing... And then he goes into the bathroom. Happened. He stands there. And then he starts dancing. Yeah. And, like, that's just this the way... chilling he, music plays. That soundtrack was also zoom in on the blood. Yeah, and like uh, the and I think initially, like that scene was actually like improvised or like Joaquin Phoenix, like the day of like record the day of shooting, he suggested to um, uh, the director Todd Phillips that they do this scene instead of another scene. Where like initially the scene was just gonna be him wiping the makeup off his face and like kind of crying whatever. Oh no! Yeah, this scene did so much better. Yeah. Yeah, and then after this, a lot of scenes right in a row. He goes to Zazie beats his character, his girlfriend. I had I, I had a feeling that something. I had was a wrong. feeling. Yeah. Uh, so he goes in, then they have they do it, and you're kind of like, why was he it... still in the clown makeup? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> he had the clown makeup and his yeah. nose was bleeding. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, why would anybody? What? No, no, no. What is happening? Right. Yeah. Later, like reveal. Yeah. That she's imaginary, or like she. That's not what actually what happened. She's a real yeah. person. So. When do they reveal it? Well, you see her... You see them go on a date. And then you see her, con- like, with him at the hospital. With the mother. And they were ne- she was never there. She was never there. Yeah. Uh, like, they reveal it, like, when he's in her house again. Or in her apartment. Oh, that's such And a then she's like, who are you? Get out of my house. And, you're, yeah. you're a neighbor, right? And he has... He has his fingers. And he puts them up to his... Because, like, that's the only... That's the only real interaction they had with each other. Except, I think he had the gun. You think that when he was at her house, he, he had he, yep. He had an actual gun. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he actually pulled the trigger? Or no, and no, that, no. All right. I think he just had it. Now it cuts after the scene. Immediately cuts to him in the apartment, I believe. 
Or yeah. in a different... He comes to a different scene, right? We're jumping around. Hold on, hold on. I'm trying to think of... What's the order here? All right, but what I'm trying to get... It was like, when this scene is over, uh, there are sirens going off. I forget which scene. It was yeah. him down, like walking like down right the hallway. Right after. No, 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 he's in his apartment. He's in his apartment, right? But, like, uh, there's sirens going off. Do you think that's, like, an indication that he killed? Yeah, the... I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think... Like, this is still left ambiguous, you know? Like, it could have been him killing her, or it could have just been her calling the cops on uh, him. Yeah, I don't think it's her calling the cops, because I think they'd get him. I mean, they did show up afterwards. When you Yes, but not for the reason. But that, yeah, that, that was also a little bit further down the line. Yeah, so I think, I think he killed her. Yeah, what about her child? Her baby? You think he did? I don't know, that one's harder. Yeah, I don't... Because he could have you know got her and then got out and the child would not know or he could have got her the child, the child would have seen I don't know yeah. no but I, I don't yeah I don't think he but left ambiguous it. again yeah. like I think uh, Arthur Fleck he's like trying to be, he is a good person like he doesn't kill anyone out of cold blood he um, seems, maybe there that's no, cold blood no I think he's killing people only the people who wronged him you know she didn't wrong him though yeah she didn't she didn't wrong him that's what I'm saying I don't yeah. like that like I'm, I'm, this is my interpretation of his character you know that like he doesn't want it like if you don't if you're nice to him like he's not gonna do anything bad to you yeah actually I'm gonna say he didn't kill her yeah cause even later with the midget mind. <laughs> even yeah. later with the midget yeah uh-huh. yeah Which so that, in that scene we'll go to that scene now yeah I love that scene uh he had he's putting on makeup and he gets a little knock at his door yeah, interrupted by his two by his two ex-workers or ex- also, is this a scene where he like paints his tongue it is right I, right, I, after, I just, it's right after that scene is there a point for that or I think it's just him embracing his new identity. Okay. Like, he doesn't yeah. really give a crap about So he only... He doesn't get the full makeup on. Yeah, he... I think it's uh, kind of, you know... It's they a, did it on purpose. Yeah, he just has the white makeup and the green... It's him turning, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So another person who wronged him, the big guy. Definitely, that scene was very intense. Oh, even before... The, even before the... Because like, you see, he, he picks up the scissors and puts them in his back pocket. Yeah. And he walks to the door and lets him in. Yeah. And then he locks the door with the... Yeah. 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 Even that scene, like, the tension was already... And then you get the creepy scene from the trailer where oh he's my... on the door and he looks up, kind of. I love that scene. Got just the white makeup on. Yeah. And then the... I wish I knew his name, but the guy from Ha Ha's the who big gave guy? him the gun... Oh, yeah. ...says, I need to make sure we got our story straight. Right? So he's trying to make sure he doesn't get to Ha-Ha's. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what Arthur says, but he ends up... Uh, he stabs not... him in the eye, right? A lot of places. Stabs in a lot of places. A lot of places. Yeah. Very mid- gruesome scene. The midget is horrified. Yeah. You know, he d- and the other a- person's horrified, yeah. I thought this scene was very great because, like, you know, like, you don't know what's going to happen to the midget. You don't know, like, yeah. whether, like, the Joker associates him with the other guy's going to kill him. You don't know if he's going to kill him out of cold blood. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. And, like, the midget is horrified. He doesn't know what's going on either. Yeah. I thought the fear that the Joker was giving to that midget was something very much like the Joker in the comics. Like, uh, just, like, putting through that psychological torture... You know, like, the, the, the midget has to walk past Joker to walk to go yeah, to the Yeah, and then the door is locked. And then the door was locked. You can't reach it. Yeah. It's like you want to laugh, but it's also so chilling. No, I, I, I just... laughed at that scene. Mm. Yeah, so anyway. I, I thought that was, He like gets the... out because Joker likes him. Yeah. I or thought Arthur that was the most him. comic book accurate scene. Or, like, a, something of very, like a comic book accurate Joker yeah. would do. Yeah. Like, regardless of, like, how different their personality types may be. Yeah, so then we get the stairs scene. Well, we, he gets a call before that, telling him to go on the Murray show. Yes, and, and then, then after he, he does the apartment practicing. scene, I he thought, does he practice before the apartment scene or after? What, which apartment scene? Like after he, after he kills them. I thought it was before. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But he's practicing, 
you get this great like sequence of him trying to fit in. Yeah. He's trying to copy the movements. Like him pretending. He's walking through a fake little curtain yeah. setup. He sets up his own talk show thing. I love the scene where he sits in the chair. And, he's and like, he doesn't how... know how to put his like legs up. Which is to an extent kind of relatable to like, you know, like, is this, is this normal? He's trying to fit in. Yeah, he's just trying to it's fit in. It's such a great scene. Yeah, everything he, like, everything he do is like all scripted. None of it's like genuine. You know, like the way he walks in, the yeah. way he shakes his hand. He, he's just trying to be normal. Yeah. Or try, what he thinks normal is. Then he goes down the stairs. Yeah. We get the iconic dancing on the stairs scene. Do you think at that point he's become more Joker, more Joker than Arthur? No. No. Because I think... Because um, he does he does plan to kill himself. On, I think he yeah, did, I was going to say. Yeah. I, I think, think he, he did, planned on, you know... I think the moment he became... You see Joker, him practicing. He's got it up. And yeah. he kind of like... Yeah, he wanted to humiliate it. it. Yeah. I think the moment that Arthur Fleck became Joker happened on the talk show on the talk show when he decided not to kill himself. I think so too. Yeah. But we're we're getting ahead we'll get, of ourselves. we'll get yeah we're getting ahead. So of he dances down the stairs. You get the scene splashing in the water. He's dancing. Yeah, you know, just him having a jolly great good time. scene. Because this is his last day. I think he's just it's also juxtaposed with one of the first scenes where he's walking up the stairs. Oh yeah, and he's like really depressed. He's yeah. got his head down and he's playing this very he's happy rock and roll music. And like you know, for some like you kind of feel this sense of. Uh, like joy or like uh what's that word like he's fulfillment. coming into himself yeah like he, he fulfillment he's I guess. finally got the full makeup on like you feel happy for him and then all of a sudden that music turns into this like very like somber soundtrack yeah the detective show up no that like yeah right before they show up it turns into like the somber soundtrack yeah but yeah. like during the scene the detective show yeah. up obviously they're looking for him he's in full clown makeup oh yeah she isn't helping his case because a clown killer got on the railway and, and the clown, full clown makeup yeah and they're already suspecting him. The clown cults now. Yeah. Or the, not, I would say cult. It's not a cult. It's kind of... Protesters. All right. Yeah, whatever. They're a little bit further just than the protesters. Just Joker's crew at this point, basically. Yeah. And yeah, they're just, so... And they're just normal citizens. They're get just, another running yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh... <laughs> oh, we forgot the Thomas Wayne scene. The one where he goes into the theater. Oh, because he wants to... he's in the middle of the protest. And, and like him killing his mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those two scenes let's are very... Let's talk about connected. those. Yeah, let's talk about the subplots, you know, like, of him, like, meeting Thomas Wayne and killing his mother. Uh, so I think we already kind of mentioned him meeting Thomas Wayne. Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm your son. Thomas Wayne says, no, you're not. And your, mother's de- your mother's delusional. Go, yeah. yeah. Go, go see to a Arkham. doctor. Yeah. Go get help. Yeah. So he does go to Arkham. He gets the records. We already mentioned this, but his mother is, in fact, delusional, according to the records. And she adopted him. Adopted, and he was beat by her boyfriend. Which was weird. he was locked up to a radiator for 48 hours, they said. Yeah. So he clearly has had damage. Well, like, psychological damage. But it's interesting to me how the mother, like, Arthur and his mother seem to share the same sort of mental illness. Yeah. Yeah, like, you would, like, you would think that that's something that he inherited. I like how they're not related. Because it, again, leaves Joker's identity. Like, Arthur Fleck's not even his real name. Right. Yeah. Which is a very Joker... It's, like, a Joker characteristic yeah. at this point where you don't actually know who he is. Even though he's been going on, like, going for, like, by Arthur Fleck for, like, 30 years. Like How old is he in this movie? It's so hard to tell. You know, one thing I'm thinking that, like, a... Like, there was, like, a, a theory that the Joker movie took place in the 80s, but, like, that it was actually all just a memory. And I heard that. Yeah, and you know how, like, in memories, like, you see yourself as you are now, or you see yep. other people as they are now? So, like, I actually kind of like that theory, because, you know, like, this Joker, or this version of the Joker can exist today. Just, like, as a more... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's yeah. just, like, so many There's theories. so many things that can be left up but, in their interpretation. Yeah, and then, so he goes to Arkham, finds out she's delusional, and then he goes back to the hospital. And then he kills his mother. Yeah. Yeah, 
I, after that or before it? He sees himself on the Murray show, though. And uh, he sees Murray clowning on him. No, no, he sees it during when he's... Is it earlier? No, it's it like earlier? while his mother's in the hospital. Yeah, I know, but is it before or after he... Before. Before, okay. Yeah. Because, like, his mother's in, like, her hospital bed, and then, like, he sees, like, hey, mother, watch this, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so he sees himself. He's happy because he's on his favorite talk show. Yeah. And uh, they make fun of him. They call him a joker. They call him the clown, I think. They call him a... No, like... No, they call him Joker. Yeah, they call him Joker. Like, look at this Joker, you know? And that's why he chooses the name, too, yeah. Spite Murray. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kills his mother, which I feel like there's, like, a... Like, he's cutting, pretty much cutting all strings to his old la- he life. He is, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, his... Like, he was fired from his job. Like, he stopped seeing his therapist. Like, there were strings that he chose to cut. They just kind of let... They cut him off, pretty much. Like, his therapist cut him off. The city funding cut him off. Yeah. His job fired... Or his uh, boss fired him. And then, like, his mother was, like, the only thing that he chose to cut off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get back to the subway runaway scene. Oh, yeah. The I detectives thought was, are chasing him. Yeah. I thought it was also interesting how the clown, like, the clown crew, you know, or whatever you yeah, want to call them, the they develop uh, developed before the Joker identity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So he gets on the subway. He's running through all the other clowns. Oh, yeah. And they're chasing him. He escapes. He grabs a mask. He grabs yeah. a mask. And then he... And the detectives are killed. Yeah, and that's one of my, like... I like the part where he's, like, dancing in front of them, you know, with taking the mask off. That's something... That was Joker. Yeah, that's definitely a Joker moment. And so that's something Heath Ledger did in The Dark Knight, you know, when he's dancing on yeah. top of uh, Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Or the other guy got electrocuted. And then yeah. he goes on the talk show. Whew. Ooh, boy. Yeah. I thought he was going to kill himself. It's the scene. The, the scene, yeah. Like, I genuinely had no idea what was going to happen. I I thought he was going to go kill himself. I thought well, even, gonna... like, he, you see him in the back room, and he does the thing again. He puts it yeah, up, yeah. and he clicks it. It's only when he's talking to Murray that, like, he realizes, all right, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to kill this guy. I think it's even, like... No, like, not even... I don't after... know if it's when he's talking to him before or when he goes out there. I, I think... I got to rewatch it. I, no, I think when, when he's, like, already on the, on the couch, you know, and he's talking to Murray, and he's, like... And, like, Murray's, like, judging him. Murray's, like, saying, you're awful. You're an awful person. Why are you laughing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. So, anyway, he's back there. He's doing... He does the click. He's smoking. And you get the, whatever, scene from the trailer where he's sitting there. It's pretty reminiscent of, like, the scene from The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, Murray comes in with his assistant guy, whatever. Robert De Niro plays Murray, by the way. He plays him really well. Which is very interesting because these are... Similar to, uh, like, Taxi Driver. And he played movies. a similar role. Yeah. A very similar role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris A.Z. films. But he says, Joker says, I guess I can call him Joker at this point. Arthur I would call Fleck him Joker. says, yeah. when, uh, he when I go out there, can you introduce me to Joker? Yeah. And Murray kind of goes, yeah, sure, whatever. And then the guy stops him. Yeah. He's like, no, no, we don't want this because of the clown from this. Oh, yeah. Right. And then, like, uh, Murray's just like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then, is this where Arthur says, remember when you called me that on your show? He yeah, says yeah, that yeah. Too, he's, right? He says a very, like, sass, like, he's like, Joker, yeah. you know, like, and he's like, kind of like, me whatever. Last time. Yeah. Whatever. He's like, it's for a bit. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, like, a very morbid joke. I forgot what it was. Like, your first son died or something. What was it? That was on the talk show. Yeah, on the talk show. That's so what he, I mean. does, he walks out. He actually seems confident. That's what I like. Which is new for yeah. Arthur. So he goes through the curtains. He's confident. 
You get a very Dark Knight Return scene. Even Kiss is like the therapist. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, even that's like straight from the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, like he goes on the talk catwalk, show. Yeah. He sits down and he sits down in the same position. Does the legs crossed? And then you think Doesn't it's gonna play out position. like he practiced, like the movie showed us three times before. Yeah. So how does it start? It just kind of says welcome. Then ask for a joke, right? Yeah, and then Joker says a very messed up joke, and then Murray's well, first like, first he pulls out his book. Oh, and his book was terrifying. His book is yeah. also terrifying. And then you see the, you the see the bolded one that we saw earlier in the film that says, "I hope my life makes more sense after uh, I die." Yes, yeah. And we've Which seen that so before. Sad. So it's kind of like putting it in your mind again, like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. This is what's gonna happen. There was this, this, uh, there was this other quote that says, like, um, uh, what's the worst thing about having a mental illness? The worst thing about having a mental illness is that people expect you to behave like you already don't. People expect you to put on a smile. No, it was behave. No, was, was it behave? Yeah. There's, like, one right under it that said... Oh, yeah, put on People expect you to yeah. happy face or smile. Yeah. Yeah. So he's looking through the book, and then he gets... Is it a knock-knock joke? Well, I, he I says... It was I something think he very says, morbid. knock-knock, and then Murray kind of goes, Oh, oh yeah. it took you this long to come up with the joke? It was like, knock-knock. And then Joker's like, Just it's the police. Your son has been killed. Something like that. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. And then Murray goes, That's an awful I'm waiting joke. for the punchline. And Joker goes... There is no punchline. And the crowd boos. No, no, that, that was, that's not where he said it. He said oh, no, the punchline was... was when, when, he, when he said, I killed those three Yeah, men. so Murray says, that's not funny. We don't tell those kind of jokes on my show. Yeah. It's like, I have, And then, then they like, talk more. Great lines. Go so watch the movie. Great. It was so tense, yeah. And then uh, Joker says, somehow they get to... Joker says, I killed those three people on the subway. Yeah. And Murray goes, Where's the I'm line? waiting for the punchline. <laughs> yeah. And Joker says, there is none. And the crowd boos. Yeah. And know. then he goes on his little spiel about like how he's like, um, if, if it were me lying there, none of you would have cared. Yeah. yeah. And he is kind of making a point, but, you know. Yeah. This is probably where the controversy comes from. Yeah. But yeah. anyway. Also, one thing I noticed, have you ever seen, this is a very random question, but have you ever seen like Charles Manson interviews? Uh, I saw Mindhunter. Okay, well, you know that, like, jo- I think that Joker acts a lot like Charles Manson when he's talking to, uh... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because, like, you know, every time, like, Murray's like, I need you to be serious or whatever, you know, like, this isn't funny. Yeah. Joker's just, like, he's just smiling. He thinks, yeah. he's, putting out, like, he's acting like a kid, he's acting like a child. Yeah. So, then, it happens. Then he shoots, yeah. He well, says, like, first he has a, a knock- he has a good joke. What do you get? Guess. When you cross a society... No, what do you get when you get a mentally unstable person? With a society who that treats doesn't him care about him. Right? And treats him like trash. Yeah. I'll tell you what you get. You get what you deserve. You get... No, I think he just says deserve. You get what you deserve. And does no, he say that? Does he say... He does, he he does, does say it, yeah. Anyway, and then, uh... You know what happens. He shoots him. And Robert I thought... Robert De Niro's character is gone. Yeah, and then he shoots him three or four more times. He, he empties a clip. Yeah, he empties... So, like, five... Yeah. And then he just stands there. He just stands there doing a little And dance. then he walks up to the camera. Get a very joke scene. But well, then he the, does say something. He gets cut off. Yeah, he gets cut <sighs> off. I wish I would have seen what he yeah. said. But yeah. But already like what he like what he did what he did to the talk show was what he did to Murray and like that already inspired the clown riots to yeah. even you know escalate. So he gets taken by the police. Yeah. To the police car. And the Joker's feeling happy with himself right now. Now one thing you don't get, uh so in the trailers we saw his head poking out of a police car. No, we yeah. do get we get a no. He doesn't poke his head out though. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, that's probably a deleted scene from right after this. Probably it's probably just to add more to the trailers. Oh yeah, but, and also like throwback to Heath Ledger. So the police say, 
look at what you did. Are you happy? And then Joker's like, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I thought, and, and at then, the same time, I kind of, I was kind of feeling those feelings too. Like, no, huh? no, come <laughs> no. I mean, no, I mean, like, not that it was beautiful, but that, like, he, I, like, he, this is something that um, Arthur Fleck created. It doesn't. It's not necessarily beautiful, but it's something. It's finally, that, him. It's something that he's proud of. Like, like people loving him. That's what I was seeing in that scene. Yeah. And that's what Arthur was seeing with that scene. He wasn't seeing the destruction. And then one of his Joker crew crashes into the police car. Oh. Yeah. He gets out of it. He stands on top of the car. And then he puts a smile. That, and then that was with also the blood on his lips. He puts the, finishes the smile, and he dances. That was also a very powerful scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I also read that um, initially the scene, he was gonna pick up a glass from the police car and then cut the smile into his face, but they thought it was too gruesome and also similar to Heath Ledger. I think it's better that it didn't do that because that's just Heath Ledger. Yeah, it is just Heath Ledger. He cut a smile on his face. But yeah, like I thought that was incredible. Like, I think it's good that it's a makeup because the whole time it's him not being able to choose what he does. This is him yeah. finally embracing it's also, fully. It's also like a juxtaposed with like the uh, intro scene to Joker. Where yeah. He's like, you know, putting the smile on his face, but it turns immediately into a frown. This time it stays as a smile. Like, he's genuinely yeah. happy. And then uh, hard cut to Same him in the asylum. insane asylum. Yeah. Um, that also... And he's laughing. Oh, this is a good scene. It's a really good scene. He's laughing. And the psychiatrist asks, what's so funny? He's like, oh, you wouldn't get it. And he says, oh, I just thought of a joke. And it cuts to Bruce Wayne standing over his dead parents. I and think then I he missed says, that part. Or you wouldn't get it. Yeah. Uh, then hard cut again to him walking out of the room. With the blood stains on his footprint. Or with like, his footprints leaving blood behind. Yeah. And, and then, then like a Scooby-Doo chase. Yeah, sequence. Scooby-Doo chase. Yeah. So, again, left ambiguous whether he killed her or not. Also, like, some people argue that, like, the movie didn't happen as it presented itself. That, like, it was all some sort of deluded memory of uh, yeah. this. Which, I, don't, like, I don't like that. I, I, don't, I don't like that one. It was, like, it was all a dream. I don't like those kind of theories. But one thing I am interested in is, like, what if, like, um, this is, this is like, modern-day Joker reminiscing about, like, everything that happened, like, 20 years ago. I think that one's okay. Yeah. I don't know. You can take it however you will. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We'll yeah. never get the answer. Yeah. No sequel. And even if like uh, this was like modern day Joker reminiscing about what he did uh, like 20, 25 years ago, like this then the jo- like that thing was like oh you wouldn't get it. The joke can be like he knows what he did to Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he knows he created Batman. Yeah, that could have been like the joke that like. Or the- that I think like the I think if you go with just a normal timeline, the joke is that because Everything of that what Thomas Wayne started, he ended up biting it. Yeah, that too. Oh, it works anyways. Yeah, Thomas Wayne died. Yeah, um, and Martha Wayne. We didn't mention that. Yeah, but we get the Batman origin story. They were killed by a joke uh, clown. Not Joker. It wasn't a Joker. Thank God. Yeah. I don't want another Jack Nicholson. I didn't like when they directly. Neither did I. Yeah. But I like how it's caused by him. It is caused That's smart. by him. Yeah. Like indirect, like an indirect killing, not a straight up. Yeah. 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 And there was definitely some, uh, like a bourgeoisie versus the plur- bourgeoisie. Uh, plur- bourgeoisie. Yeah, I, versus I, the proletariat. I, yeah. Yeah. So, that was a movie. Is it your movie of the year? I would say so, actually. I would say so. I don't think I enjoyed any other movie. Probably best movie, movie of the year. So, it's not getting a sequel. Which is... Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix have both confirmed that they do not want to get a sequel. It's bittersweet, because I love seeing this character, but at the same time, like, I wouldn't want to risk ruining it. Also, yeah. this movie's, like, perfect as it is. It's such a smart movie. Yeah. It's got genius writing. Yeah. Uh, it would be hard to make a sequel. It would be hard to top this one. Well. And what, like, um, what would be the sequel? Yeah, that's okay. why. 
Yeah. Probably it'd have to have Batman. It would. It would definitely. Um, but it's hard because it's such a great character study. It is. Yeah. It's a character study on what happens to someone who obviously has problems. Yeah. And who has had everything thrusted on him. Even from the start, he was beat as a kid. He was neglected. Right by his mother. His yeah. real well, even before that, his real parents left him. And then he was beat. He was left handcuffed to a radiator. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this movie, like, uh, it's one of the few movies, like, m- most movies don't do this nowadays, but, like, this movie's, like, actually sparking discussion. It provokes thought. Yeah, that's good. Like, you don't really get that from, like, any Marvel movies or, like, yeah. I, yeah. It's less, it's not cookie cutter. It's not, co- yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. the Marvel movies are cookie cutter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's like, no clear villain. No, eh, there kind of is. Thomas Wayne is kind of thrusted on it. I thought Murray was like kind of the villain. I thought they're both kind of villains. Actually, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say they're villains. I would say they're more of like stepping stones. For I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're villains. But if I had to put someone as the villain, yeah, other yeah, than Joker, yeah, probably one of them. Thomas Wayne and uh, Murray. No. Yeah. So that's gonna c- conclude this episode. A little two-parter. Yeah. First part with Nate and Wendy on the Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. Uh, a little breakdown, then some theories, discussions, and wishes. Then me and Mustafa's part on the Joker movie and our thoughts. Adios. Adios.